Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast, episode 64. This is the unofficial Berserk podcast from the admins and members of Skullknight.net, which is a Berserk forum. I'm your host, Walter, and with me today, as always, is the co-pilot of my heart, Azil. It's uh, good to be here, you know, I am uh, looking forward to this uh, podcast in uh, the new uh, episode coming out, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks. Episode, is that is that how the French pronounce episode? Is it, is it, is it not episode? Oh, uh, oui, uh, you know, as I meant to say it, episode, but I am what the French call les incompetents. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of you know used to that. I, usually, I can hear you pretty well, but today you sound really stuffy. Are you having like a cold or some kind of French disease? Oh yeah, it's uh, the snail. So uh, oh, and the escargot? frog legs, and it's uh, it uh, creates a lot of mucus in my my throat, mm. and uh, you know, I, uh, I I try to uh, you know sounds it sounds normal, but. Uh, Alas, the, the, the frog mucus is... Uh, <laughs> frog mucus! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't hold it anymore! <laughs> I, was waiting, I was waiting for what was going to break it. And I was like, it's like snails, that's pretty funny, but frog mucus, that took it to the top. <laughs> so we have an imposter on, uh, gob- Gobolatula. Gobolatula? Gobolatula, you said it right. Yes! <laughs> And Grail are joining me today. Azil and Griff could not make it, I guess. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the real Azil is here. <laughs> He's going to kill me. So, this is going to be a weird off-kilter episode. I'm not, I mean, we had planned to do a reread for Volume 17, but um, that's fine. We'll do it next time. No big deal. But instead, we were going to just talk about uh, the big news this week, which was that Berserk is resuming after almost a year of being on hiatus. The last episode came in at the end of September of 2014. We're a good three months away from that point, but, well, two months now, actually. So we almost hit a year, but this is the second longest break in the history of the series, so it's nice that it's it's back, and not only did Berserk come back, but it came back with the hint that it might go monthly for the future. Now, the we're, all, we're basing that on basically four kanji, I think it is. It's just, it just says, like, I think it says alternate alternate release history series resume or something like that is the literal of it. It means every other episode of Young Animal, which is mm. published semi-monthly, it'll have a Berserk in it. So that's effectively once a month we'll have Berserk. Now, of course, it doesn't go into detail about what brought this change about or how long they expect that to be a reality, but the only information we have is that basically for the next few issues or so or for the future forever. I, I, like, I like to think that it's forever. I like to think that... He's got everything sorted. He's got a buffer of episodes that he could, could, could uh, you know, continue like this forever. That's my dream for the future. Yeah. And you know, as was predicting that he took this time to sort of uh, plan out the rest of the series, and yeah. uh, was thinking that maybe this means that he's just gonna, you know, do it, and every month it'll just be. The rest of Berserk. That'd be awesome. I that mean, would be, you'd be not only awesome. Like for me, it's like it's it's kind of a mixed blessing. Like for one, it would be amazing as a fan to get Berserk once a month. But as an administrator and also as the moderator <laughs> of Reddit on Skull Berserk, it's like horrified. It's a little intimidating to go from zero episodes in a year to go to twelve. It's a it's quite a departure. So 
uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun for everybody but, but me, basically. That's going to be a lot of comments you're going to have to change chapter to episode for. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, you already had to do that, like, at least. My hands are clean. Time. My hands are clean. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's going to be exciting, obviously. Uh, you know, even even just having four or five in a, in a row for several months, that's that's. 2007 levels of awesome you know it's been a long time since we've had that so the real azeal is coming on the call now oh let's see if it connects or not is he there yeah hey hey yo i I totally forgot you know we were (laughs) playing a legend of grimrock 2 (laughs) oh Oh, cool well you know it's not bad i just you know like thoroughly uh, finished exploring a dungeon. Hmm. So, and I was like, you know, oh, okay, I guess I'll take a break. And then, oh, <laughs> it's already <laughs> 19. Do you know nice something to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess I did. Whoops. <clears throat> so I kind of, uh, kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, drafted Gobs yeah. and Grail to talk on here. Oh. And I don't re- like these guys. In other words, so. you're, you're, you're easily replaceable. <laughs> not, not them, you know. <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just proceed like we were going to. Azil, you didn't miss much. All I've done is kind of elaborate on the news that 338 is coming uh, later this month and that Berserk might be going monthly. So I was going to throw it to you to see what you thought about the whole monthly thing. Like, do you think that's feasible for the hereafter? Are we talking just like a few months and 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 what are we basing this on i was saying we're basing it on like basically a small section of that one preview page it's like four or five kanji i think it says like alternate releases you know begin now but implying that every other young animal will have preserved that was my understanding of it yeah yeah well yeah that's the thing first is uh it's not very clear like you know it's not like you know we get any precise or anything very concrete it's just you know I wouldn't say it's you know half a guess, but yeah, it's not very, very clear. And uh, as to whether or not it's feasible, yeah, you know, I, I would think so. I'm, I guess it's my naturally optimistic side, but I think it's uh, completely possible. You know, my whole say guess as to why you know uh, those breaks have been occurring for a long time has always been that Mira needed to uh, say, develop the story further to be sure that it would remain consistent as he progressed towards the end. And uh, and I, I think it's natural that eventually, you know, he would have you know, everything figured out and he would just, you know, be ready to to get back to it. And, and in that respect, the monthly thing is even more uh, logical because... We know he's been, how to say, his style graphically has been more and more details, you know, getting more and more detail over the years. And so it's taking longer than before, but it's not taking, you know, long enough. You know, yeah, some people are, have been, you know, speculating that, uh, yeah, it's so detailed now that it takes him four months to do one episode. That's not the case. But the thing is, it would probably take him more than two weeks to make it now. So it makes sense for him to do one episode a month. It's a mm-hmm. more laid-back schedule. It allows him to do uh, the episodes as detailed as they are being done, you know, these days. And also, it's still back to uh, regular, you know, publication schedule. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, one episode a month would be in line with his most recent um, uh, average for production, which was one page a day. So yeah. the, av- the average episode of Circus is between twenty and twenty-two pages or so. 
So that makes sense for a month. Uh, but yeah. also, I, I'm with you. I mean, I've seen a lot of impressions, both on Skull Knight and on Reddit, that kind of swing both ways. Like, people are excited, but people are also critical of what to expect. Like, it's so funny to me that I've been reading Berserk since 1999, 2000-ish, and I'm not embittered towards Mira or the series. Like, whenever I get good news like this, I'm not immediately like, oh, well, I'm sure it means two, three episodes. To me, I'm like, I'm optimistic. I'm like, that. there's a possibility we could be getting this you know, for the duration, you know, for this could be the new schedule. And I don't know if it's simply wishful thinking after waiting for so long or just that it seems to me that there was, there's been no previous announcement of this type in the past, you know, and I don't know the complete serious history, but I can't think of a single other time where they dictated what the schedule would be ever. It's always been a, an unspoken thing. It's always been a, Oh, maybe next week kind of situation until very recently, you know? Yeah. So at the same time, I think it's, it's, not unusual for people to be a little conservative with, when it comes to Berserk and with their expectations. So mm-hmm. I understand when people are like, oh, well, let's let's wait and see, you know? No, I, I, like, I, I even say I think it's logical to expect that. Yeah. It's just, I guess my point is, like, you'd think that I would be the most bitter about that, having read yeah. this series for 15 years. You'd think I'd be more bitter than anyone about that whole thing and the, and the most cynical or, you know, sarcastic about hearing would be having monthly episodes. But I'm not, I'm filled with optimism about what that could mean for the future you want to believe testament that yeah how much you how much you love this series i guess you know i, I don't know i don't know i don't know how to explain it i'm just excited i guess well you yeah. know there will always be people to you know complain and be i'd say to have it down you know uh throw down your outlook on things but i think yeah when you're a fan you know true fan you're just, you know, gonna naturally be excited to, you know, to get more of what you like, and you know that's how I, I think it's pretty natural to have this kind of outlook on it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, at first when I started, I w- obviously I haven't been reading Berserk as long as you guys have, but uh, uh, like at first I, I went through that whole bitter thing. I was like, geez, these breaks are ridiculous, and like over time, uh, it's it's. Uh, how do I? You reach a. Th- I think you, re- you reach a, a threshold yeah. where it's like you yeah. just accept whatever you can get. You know, at a certain yeah, point. exactly. And it, I just kind of accepted that this is like the best comic, and yeah. you know, if if it takes time, it takes time, and I'll wait for it. And yeah. Yeah. But there's also the fact that you know, like when you consider how long we has been at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you work on something for like thirty years, at some point, you've got to, you know. Even if we weren't, you know, like, even not considering the fact he needs to make sure everything is airtight for the story to progress, you know, at some point, you know, you're going to have to take a break, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get fresh, you know, ideas to just, you know, yeah, breath of fresh air. And I think that's also what, you know, Gagaman, you know, Gigantomachia was all about, uh, the fact he needed to, you know, how to say, uh, yeah, get refreshed, you know, because when you keep doing the same things for so long, at some point, even professionally, I think most people who have been working for a while can understand, you got to just, you know, uh, yeah, clear your head and, you know, change, have a change of scenery. Well, so even, yeah, even... Tomakia was like a sabbatical for him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like, even speaking as a writer, just like, you know, my job makes me write totally different stories every day. So, like, but I can't imagine writing the same subject every day. So, writing on a different subject is kind of like you're flexing, you're using different muscles in your body. You're using different muscles in your brain to 
Wow. <laughs> as I go, as I go high, had another one. As I go highfalutin, you th- you burp. <laughs> no, like I uh, just reading his comments that uh, Puella has been translating. Totally. It's 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 kind of depressing, actually. Like reading how what his 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 yes, life miss is out like. on social engagements and all sorts of things, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's so just I, making it happen. So on one hand, you're like. Wow, he's really hard working with it. On the other hand, you're like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. It makes me happy at the idea that maybe he is getting a chance to, like, take it easy from time to time and work at a more relaxed pace. And, you know, obviously he's taking more time to do more detailed things and plan more things. But I, I actually like to think that yeah. he's relaxing a little as well. Well, yeah. I, I, at least, you know, the other thing is that. I hope he's actually relaxing from time to time because it's he's the kind of guy that you know during his breaks, you know, at least historically, he's been just working pretty much just as much as when you know they weren't breaks because those are you know I think it's worth mentioning again they are breaks in the publication of Berserk, but it's not like you know he's taking a break, you know. I mean, so the, the term itself is a bit you know of a misnomer. It's just you know breaking the skill of publishing, but mm-hmm. it's not doesn't mean he's a, it's a vacation for him. <clears throat> That's never been the right. case. Um, yeah. At the same time, it's like the only information we have about his day to day schedule is. What we, the dates we get on breaks, and so that's all how a lot of fans kind of interpret that is. Oh, he's just not doing anything. You know, I can I can kind of see through the lens of wanting a new episode constantly. That if he's on break, he's not working, and therefore I'm I'm upset. But. I mean, the bigger picture is that this is his this is his life's work. You know, he's probably trying to schedule it where it makes sense with the balance of his personal life and his professional life. And that's how I've always interpreted the breaks he takes when he does. Right. I've, I've well, been making up mental fan fiction of Mira's life. And yes, <laughs> it is a long lost brother, Ricardo Mira. <laughs> yeah, he's and going his, to Mexico. His, <laughs> as well as his secret lover, uh, Umi no Chica. <laughs> right, right. Not so secret sometimes. Yes, well, you know. Yeah, they're probably we're, just we're all cheering for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that brings us to—I don't know—is this—is it too much of a dead horse to predict three thirty-eight stuff? Hey, why not? Okay. Why don't we get that? Uh, do some CPR on that horse and uh, <laughs> the defibrillator out. Yeah. Um. So, th- what's funny about hearing that three thirty-eight co- is coming back? Is the last time we we broached this subject was hmm, a long time ago. I don't know, six months ago or so when we last talked about three thirty eight predictions. And you know, I was the guy that was saying it makes more sense to be focusing on Falconia because while it ended with a dramatic moment, there's still so much fallout that could happen from that moment, and it's still more to cover in Falconia. To me, naturally, before you go to the next stage in the story, which is of course Guts and Company getting closer to the island. But at this moment right now, I'm thinking it's going to be more about guts. That's just where my my guts say guts for this <laughs> next episode. And I know that's where Azeel has landed since 337. You know, it it kind of makes sense because, like, yeah, 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 you infected me with your thoughts. But I mean, it, it kind of makes oh, gross, Jesus Christ. Um, it kind of makes sense though because if you think about it, like narrative in terms of like structuring a story, like. What other event are you going to end that section on than the slap? You know, it's, oh, if it, if point. if it ends with if the perspective changes over 
after what, what would this episode be if it's a Falconia one? I mean, I can think of a few things, but they're not going to be as impactful as leaving on this lap, you know? So, yep. But yeah. it still could be, you know, like to play devil's advocate, it's still, you know, it still could end on a less climactic note and still be cool, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it's totally impossible, but yeah, yeah, definitely in terms of, you know, dramatic uh, intent, it would be, you know, like nothing can beat that. To me, the, like the, the step that's missing in the in the process for transitioning to guts, like it's a ling to the, the lingering thing for me. If we were to transition, is Rickert's plan for the plans for the future. Now, I mean, to me, it, it's obvious he's going to stay in Falconia, but maybe he doesn't realize that yet himself. Maybe there could be a scene where he comes, you know, back from his talk with Griffith. Maybe maybe the episode starts like Erica's like you know making their house right, you know, setting up their new life in Falconia. And Rickert comes through the door, you know, full of, you know, his feelings after slapping Griffith. And, but then he's, you know, intent on leaving, but then through talking with her and seeing how happy and how safe she is here, he decides to stay here regardless. And, you know, sets his foot in the ground. This is where we'll stay regardless of the dangers. And that would be a good place, you know, yeah, to well, transition. The thing is, you know, like, the problem is this could also happen as a flashback, you know, like after we go back to Guts and then, you know, uh, eventually go back to Falconia, we could see uh, Rickert, you know, I don't know, going about his business and then yeah. reminiscing quickly about the time where he came home and he wasn't sure and Erica, it could be done in just like a page, I think. Okay. You know, yeah, so. and he's, he's totally done that before. I mean, to me, one of the weirdest things about episode 332 or 333 when they finally got back to Falconia was Erica kind of quickly going over the kind of action-packed life before we see Rickert and Erica back on the, the the wagons is like, yeah, we escaped, we went to a town, but it was overrun by trolls, so we had to run away from that. Like, I wouldn't have minded seeing that personally, you know, something something yeah. more out in the world. So, but he just me or chose to summarize that for obviously to keep things moving. I understand that, but he has certainly summarized large sweeping parts of the story in panels, so it can totally happen. Yeah, I actually expected to see more of that, you know, that mm. kind of life. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, the thing is, Mira sometimes he's going he's going to spend, a, a, you know, quite quite you know a lot of time on a specific thing because you know uh, he has plans for it or whatever, or he's going to use it to build uh, you know something else. And yeah, sometimes you expect it will take long and just you know it's done, just a, a panel, you know, and that's yeah. It. So, barring Falconia, then, if, if I'm saying it's going to be the guts, then, I mean, the question I posed in the thread was, like, what would the major action in this episode be? It can't, I mean, it could feasibly start page one, land ho, and then the rest of it's just, like, a giant happy fest. Uh, but, I don't know. That would be the greatest. I just, <laughs> it would be a surprise to me. If it, if it, to me, I've always pictured it, and maybe it's just, like, you know, the momentum of this idea in my head is that it'll that'll be an episode ending image, you know. And then you got to wait two more weeks till you get to the or a month till you yeah. get to the next uh, island, you know, stuff. But I I think both are possible. But yeah, it would kind of make sense for it to be the ending, you know, page because yeah. that's kind of what is done traditionally. And also, there's a fact. Elfham was supposed to be protected, you know, by a barrier or sorts or something mm-hmm. like that. So. Like, Mira could totally just ditch that because now, you know, the wars are merged and everything. But, yeah, I'd like to see that addressed a bit, you know, just, you know, the fact they have to pass 
that kind of production in order mm-hmm. to get to Skellig. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think that would be... Uh, and also the mirrors and everything, you know, because, like, if they get to the island, um, I imagine they're going to have to, you know, say goodbye to the girls or... I don't know, maybe they can just all transform and, you know, mm-hmm. get on land with them. But, yeah, in any case, there's stuff to, <clears throat> to do with that. So. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't actually considered... Uh, the fact that Isma is traveling with her mother, and you know, is she going to turn away with them after they reach the island, or go, to go with her people, or to stay with the group? But to me, it's she found her mother. I can't imagine st- her staying with the group. It'd be neat, but I, I just don't see it personally. Yeah, the thing is, it feels like her, you know, party has been played. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, like, like who knows, honestly, and, and it's just again the same thing with for Roderick and everything. Like, <clears throat> obviously, they're gonna stay for a while, but uh, that's part of the thing that Elfheim is going to have to address: is what are these guys going to do? Like, is yeah. Roderick really going to embark on a, a journey, or a land journey with guts and Farnese and everything? It just feels, you know. So there's many, many things to to consider, and I think even that first episode. Just you know, seeing the land, or maybe even you know, <clears throat> getting to anchor the the, the ship. Mm-hmm. There's already many things that's going to be uh, addressed. I think. I think, as far as Roder is concerned, you could always say, "Oh, I need to get provisions before I go back out," and then he'll get hooked into staying for a longer yeah. period. Well, I, I, I I can't imagine Roderick leaving yet. Yeah, I, I think they'll stay for a while. Uh, that was more a question of. You know, like later on, when sure, sure. guts and everything, they decide to, I don't know, eventually go and get Griffiths. Uh, that's more a question of what then, you know, yeah. for, for them. <clears throat> I don't, I don't hope, I hope I haven't been steamrolling Gobs and Grail. I haven't heard you guys. What do you guys think? Um, what do you guys actually expect, you know, independent of what me and Azil have been talking about? Like, what, what well, do you, what's your heart say? I guess my, my thought is that, um, what you guys are saying about Falcone makes a lot of sense. I think that we have more or less finished the narrative for that particular part. It makes sense to kind of take a, a step there and go over to Guts. Um, uh, at the same time, as I said in the thread, I, this is the first time where I can actually say, honestly, I don't care if we go back to Falconia or if we go to Guts. Because it's just so exciting either way this is such an exciting time to be reading episodically it's just like boom 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 episodes crazy shit's happening every time so it's very cool stuff but um yeah just regarding what you said i think from uh, a pacing standpoint it would make sense to kind of hold off the big skellig reveal maybe for even i'm talking crazy here maybe even two episodes maybe getting kind of the the Hmm. excitement riled up for the first episode be like okay we're gonna see the aisle next episode (laughs) oh my god oh my god but since this is the elf island chapter and we haven't actually seen the elf island yet it would be kind of cool to get that get that the the voice of reason you know the (laughs) the falconia chapter actually ended with a oh. review of Falconia, so you know, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't bet too much on the actual chapter name because these, like you know, every time you know, it's, it's always like that. So you know, for we know, if it were just about the chapter's name, it, you know, we could wait, you know, five more volumes, you know, before we True. see. That's a good point. At the same time, I'm I'm actually kind of sad to be leaving Falconia if that's the case because I was really looking forward to seeing if there is any like minor developments regarding the the slap heard around the world as I like to call it because you know it seems like obviously 
uh, locusts would be too cool for school in regards to having like an actual reaction to it, but it seems like he would have uh, something to say if he were ever to encounter Rickard again. And they got to have an awkward conversation when he's oh, escorting yeah. him back out of the castle, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be so great. But you know, it's like as much as I want to see Daiba partying with his Garuda and the horses and all that good stuff, it's like maybe we should take a breather. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there would be more interesting things to see if some time elapses yeah. between, you know, that slap and, like, you know, we, would people be talking about it? I don't think so. But, you know, in any case, you know, some time elapsing would allow things to be more, you know, interesting, you know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, t- I'm so torn on this because, like, I feel like it'd be cheating somewhat if Miura did not show us how Griffith's closest people reacted to that slap, even if it's just a page, you know, and then then where would that page be? If not now, you know, I, I, I think that might be something shown in maybe, uh, you know, someone's inner thoughts, like Charlotte kind of sure thinks back on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true. Slapping him. That could work. I'm kind of uh, wondering if we're going to end up seeing the coronation or... The, oh, God, I fucking hope so. And, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, just going back to the reaction, we actually, I mean, we did see, you know, a reaction shot. You know, I, mean, uh, I guess, okay, within reaction, beyond that, the processing of that. Why did yeah. you do that? Who is this person? What would make and, him do that? That kind of stuff. And, and the thing is, yeah, like, you know, typically during the coronation, which will, you know, presumably happen later on, that would be a good time, for example, as, you know, mm. we get to see big shots of, you know, the throne room and whatever, for people to reminisce, oh, that time he was slapped by that guy, mm-hmm. mm. you know, so I think that kind of stuff makes sense, you know, like, whereas, what what would they say, you know, here, you know, mm-hmm. like, Rickard leaves and then, you know, they all, you know, rush to Griffiths, oh, you were slapped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, you can kind of see how it play out in your head, but I guess I'm saying, like, if Miera is going to lay any seeds for the future... It would be interesting to see how some of those characters reacted, like how Sonya might have reacted, if there's any nuance to her reaction that might give us an insight into how she's feeling about things. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coronation, the thing is, I don't expect that very soon, because they, they, they just brought up the issue in 337. Uh, the pontiff had, had raised the issue, so it's it's clearly on the, the checklist of things to do for Mira. It's just, I don't, because they broached it now, I don't expect to see it for a, a bit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a volume or two. Something like uh, that. You know, I'm not sure. I think the next time we go back to Falconia, assuming this time we, we go to Guts, mm-hmm. uh, I think it will be for the coronation. Oh, same I here. Think- it's the next major event, the most logical major event. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it all depends on, you know, how long we, we will yeah. stay with Guts. And I, I expect that from now on we will stay with Guts quite, quite a bit. I think we saw a lot of Griffiths, uh, you know, comparatively during the war and everything is the establishment of the kingdom and everything but I think uh, from now on we're going to be focusing more, more on Guts but he's still going to wear that armor even though the, the war is over he's going to keep wearing the armor having a sword next to him because that's just how Griffith rolls yeah <laughs> what? yeah um, I guess I kind of exhaust 338 I, I mean we, again we've touched on this like three times across the almost year it's been since 337 so there is ample you know speculation territory and we're we are you know no more knowledgeable at this point about 338 than we were in October of last year so I mean sky's the limit for speculation on that 
But it's a very exciting point. As Grail mentioned earlier, it is an embarrassment of riches about which side of the story we go to next. Either one I'm going to be happy with. And we'll know the answers in the next two weeks. So, you know, all this is going to be thrown out the window and then two weeks. Um, next, I kind of wanted to update people on the site that may or may not have seen that uh, Puella has recently completed the 1997 art book, The Berserk Illustrations Guide's uh, interview with Miura. It is super informative for anyone that has not seen it yet. You learn a lot about Miura's uh, original designs for Berserk, the ideas he had for, you know, why this look, why these characters, um, about the way he works, uh, about his history, about his history as a, as a mangaka, his, you know, his background, all that, all that stuff is, it's, it's massive. Uh, she did it across... I don't know, six or eight months uh, worth of work, and it is now complete. I can't tell you how many pages or words it is. I don't know off the top of my head, but it is, it is lengthy. So you can check that out in the um, assorted translations section of the site uh, if you are a member. Uh, and just wanted to remind that that work was funded by uh, members of our site through our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash skullnight, or is it sknet? Uh, either way, you can find there's a big thread on the site for it. Uh, if you'd like to give to that, uh, Paola has other translation projects she'd like to do. I believe, uh, Azil, are we going to talk about the stuff that's up next, or are we not committed to anything specific next? Well, there's still a few things from the uh, illustration file she's going okay. to work on first, uh, which I, I mentioned, I believe, or she did. Uh, one of them is uh, the post-face, you know, from Mira. He's got some words, you know, uh, some small text, and mm-hmm. uh, then there's this... Um, his bibliography, you know, <clears throat> his work and his history. Oh, cool. So, yeah, she'll, she'll do that. And uh, after that, uh, I believe she plans on moving on to Futatabi and Noah. Yeah, Futatabi and Noah being his earliest uh, pub- or works, at least, that were, you know, considered professional works. He, he created things when he was in school, and those aren't really, like, Mio Ranger has never, never been seen in the light of day, as far as I know, but... Futatabi and Noah are among his earliest works, uh, even before Berserk and before all that Japan and Oloden yeah, stuff. Those, they're his first works that were published, yeah. basically. Um, they are just, you know, some kind of shonens, and uh, they won prizes. I think I think it was in high school or maybe college when uh, they won the prize. Yeah, college, anyway, I think. Anyway, yeah, so they are the, the earliest stuff he got published. Not something he's you know, particularly proud of, I guess, but yeah, it's still interesting to see. Yeah, I, I went through those recently, because I actually had forgotten that I had already read Futatabi before. I've, I've never seen uh, it translated, um, but both of them are science fiction works, and they're also very evocative uh, of the times, of the 80s kind of sci-fi look in manga, uh, which is interesting, because to me, it's... I, I, Miura's vision, the way Miura crafts worlds and the way he draws, it seems very distinct to me. And it's so strange to see him, and it makes sense as an earlier artist, to kind of couch his designs on popular designs at the time. Uh, It's a a much more, I mean, it's an early work, you know? So it's interesting to see how he developed as an artist and as someone whose work looks nothing like anyone else on the market. You know, know, his earliest stuff looked very, um, like a lot of stuff on the market, we could say. Yeah, you know, there's a really interesting. Sorry to. Uh, no, I was done. Um, you go ahead. All right. There was an interesting tidbit in the um, the illustration file that I that re- that I really liked, and he was Miro was talking about how um, he 
started drawing manga in high school and he was you know all his friends also drew manga and uh all his friends were also rivals so they got in this habit of trying to one-up each other and become better than each other and you can guess who won that competition (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that that (laughs) i think that that might have uh kind of stuck with him and over time he's just kind of tried to just developed into this this thing monster yeah oh man yeah what what kind of comes to mind actually was when he did that anniversary illustration for the hajime no ippo manga Mm -hmm. and it was just like so incredibly detailed for this one headshot and everybody else's artwork was like me yeah it was interesting (laughs) i was just like oh my god mira is just like incredibly he even for something like this he's gonna bust out you know some serious cross hatching <laughs> totally <clears throat> at the end of the illustrations file uh i think it was very recently Puella kind of posted kind of an uh, a, a, one of the bonuses from the thing and, and one of the questions was very blunt it was basically asking him like uh, how's it going to end with Griffith and Femto? Like, it was like a very direct, like, how's this character going to die? Like, of course he's not going to answer that question. But w- one of the things he did say is, uh, I'll read it because I have it in front of me, uh, the God Hand is supposed to be complete with Femto. I'm sorry, but now is not a good time to reveal their goal. Instead, I'll give you a hint. The key word is void, and you can imagine many things based on it, said Mira, which is, of course, very uh, uh, abstract an answer, but... <laughs> It actually, I had heard that many, many years ago. I think it's a broken translation. I've never seen it fully translated before. I kind of heard that before. But uh, nice to see that fully translated, you know, fully fully documented how awesome Void is. Mm. Yeah. And I have no idea what it means. <laughs> yeah. uh, none, none to speak of, really. Yeah, but I'm but excited to learn. At the same time, you know, it's just like, I, I just wanted to say that with Puella's work, I have to say this has been such a game changer since she started on this, because I think that there have been so many pieces of information from interviews and stuff that we've kind of had like half, you know, mm-hmm. now that it's written down in English on the site, it's just like, you can go there wherever, whenever you feel like it to double check something and that's huge. So thank you. Absolutely. Puella. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And we chose this one as to, to me, this is like the seminal tra- interview, at least of the ones that I've seen. Uh, this is the one that you can kind of, it kind of has it all, you know, it kind of covers, like I've already said, it covers a broad range of topics about Berserk and Mira's work. But the thing is, what was so exciting to me about this whole Patreon project was, was that there are other interviews of which I know nothing that are just sitting out there waiting to have us study them, you know? And so, uh, that's also what I'm excited about. Uh, in addition to this being kind of the monster translation, there are probably other longer ones, but this is the most popular of the large ones, at least that I know of. So, yeah, actually, this one is uh, one of the shortest ones. You know, no way, is it? Yeah. Whoa! The problem is the others are so long, you know, that it would take you know, I'm, you know, even if she worked on it like full times, like from nine to five, you know, it would take her months to do. Like, there's one that's essentially a book you know uh, it's one of the earlier ones too i think it's from uh, 94 mm. so two years before that it's really long so wow, wow. yeah and the others you know like there, there are a few that are less than two full pages and you know big pages so it, it takes uh, it takes a while to do 
I yeah. wonder how much repeat information is included with some of these because this interview, while being relatively short, covered a lot of information. I wonder what. I've I seen mean, repeated stuff before in other yeah. interviews. Uh, there's the one they did on at the time of the the movie movie ones release. There was one they did on the website, and a lot of that stuff was repeated. But he also talked about his impressions of you know anime and why he wanted to bring it to animation as well. So there's newer information out there, but he does certainly touch on some of the things that this interview touched on. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the the stuff from the DVD release of the um, the anime series, you mm-hmm. know, the TV series, uh, the old one. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of it is redundant with all the stuff in Japanese. So it's just you know, well, at some point, I mean, you know, I think people have this you know mistaken idea that Murai is not very you know communicative or anything. But he's actually done quite a few interviews, you know, like. He's not a rock star, so he's not gonna be in Vanity Fair, you know, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, he he's done quite a few over the over the years, and the thing is, you know, like he's not gonna say how the story is going to end. So beyond that, he does tend to touch on the same subjects. There's a, a few things I wanted to touch on there. Is is first of all, like I, I I can understand where that perception comes from because a we're not native Japanese speakers and don't have access to the translations and so all we we know as English speaking fans is what gets translated for us which until now has been almost nothing you know prior to this the only interview material you could get from Mira is like you said the one he did for English audiences on the uh, ninety seven anime DVD I think the DVD five has it and. Um, our, our interview with him from 2009. Uh, I don't know of any other interviews that English-speaking audiences would have access to. So there probably is a body of information, but we just don't know about it. And B, Mira is very old school. He doesn't have a Twitter account. He doesn't, you know, tweet like a lot of people do uh, in from in Japan about what they're doing and what their thoughts are. While it would be kind of awesome to get a Mira comment a day, you know, at, at, at the rate that a, a Twitter account would move. It just doesn't work like that. He obviously doesn't. You know, doesn't not something that appeals to him. But in terms of him being receptive and, and not a closed book to people, I think it speaks a lot that he did answer our request and it you know, in two thousand nine to do the interview. Yeah. On on the very first letter we ever sent, it seems like it, it wasn't like I, you know, pleaded with the guy after many letters to do it. He did it on the first request. So that was Walter, pretty awesome. If I can ask you a question, how does it feel uh knowing that Mura may have looked at skullknight.net and mm. checked it out. Uh, that certainly occurred to me when we first got the response. It was one of the first things I thought about, actually, was does this mean he's been to my goddamn website? And if so, <laughs> what, what, do, what does that mean? What, how does he feel about that? And, I mean, I certainly was a lot more, I don't know, careful about stuff I posted and stuff other, <laughs> how I filtered other things people post, because I don't want trash everywhere if Mira's come to my forum, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a little more careful about stuff. Other than that, um, I, I tend to think he may have glanced at it. I, I, I don't know. If you, if I'm asking seriously, I don't think he's ever been. I, I doubt he's concerned himself with it because this kind of this interview probably came through uh, his editor at the time. I, I can kind of picture it, him. It did. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying in terms of like how the interview was written, I can see the editor kind of asking, Akira Shimada asking Mira while Mira's working. And Mira's like, oh, I don't know, this, 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 and this. <laughs> I doubt he sat down and drafted it, you know what I mean? So, Yeah. yeah. It was probably a phone call, actually. There you go, sure. So I've got these guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those pirates. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope not, no. 
that kind of covers what I'd hope to accomplish on this call. Um, but I did want to run one thing by you guys, and that is, do you think you could summarize Berserk in under a minute? <laughs> <laughs> so this I was something. You could do fifteen seconds, actually. No, fifteen seconds. What? 15 seconds. It sounds like you're volunteering to be the first one up to the bat. Shit. For that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give All you right. a minute. I'll give you a minute. If you're ready, you can go on five, All right. All right. four, three, two, one. Black Swords Bernard. But, uh, <laughs> guts meets Puck. Guts is sad. Uh, Etc. Uh, slug Count. Uh, 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 Golden Age Arc. Guts is sad. Griffith is sad. Casca is sad. Eclipse. Everyone's sad. Conviction Arc. Uh, guts is still sad. Jill is sad. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. That's 24 seconds. Well, you know. I That's not bad. Keep That's going, not bad. Keep going. I'll, I'll keep it going. It is bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, conviction art. What else happened? You guys are talking about it today. Uh, <laughs> no, not we're not. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, shit. Casca uh, comes back at Tower. Uh, Falcon of the Millennium. What? Uh, Millennium Falcon. Uh, Shirka comes into the story. Trolls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a minute. All right, my turn. <clears throat> Gobs. Three, two, one, go. Big dude with muscles and a giant sword has the world's shittiest best friend. The end. <laughs> <laughs> wow, under seven seconds. <laughs> I win. Uh, I will go, and then Azeel will close it out, as long as Azeel is participating. Well, you know, I mean, if I if I have no choice, I will. <laughs> the, the, the podcast gun is at your head. And go. So, Berserk is a story about a guy with a big sword who um, uh, started out in the future, and um, then he tra- time-traveled back in the past to learn about his childhood and discovered that he had a bad childhood, and then he grew to adolescence and really was uh, full of anger at the world and continued fighting until he could reach his best friend and hit him with a sword. 32 seconds. I'd like to point out that you said that Guts time travel. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's correct. Well, all of ours, I think yours is the most factually correct. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I am a journalist, so. Well, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> Azil, you're up, and you have uh, a minute. Okay. Go. Well, then, uh, yeah, Berserk is a story of Guts, a huge man with a huge sword. It takes place in a you know, medieval you know, setting, and uh, I guess Guts is a mercenary. He was his friend. He was betrayed. He had a sad life. He's fighting against monsters who avenge his friends, and in order to fight and kill his nemesis, his former best friend. Damn. That's fucking good, and that's 26 seconds. I was kind of hoping you were going to add in a huge man with the huge sword, but oddly, an average-sized penis, so what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, he's also got a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've only ever seen it flaccid. I don't necessarily know. It's super, yeah. you know. Well, he's wow. just like the rest, you know. <laughs> it's proportional. Yep. Wow. You know? The angrier he gets, the bigger he gets. Oh, man. So, let me tell you that time where I thought back about Gambino. Boy, yeah. you know, she, she had a hard time. Jesus Christ. Does the Hulk's penis also get giant and green? Yeah. 
Hmm. What? I mean, I don't know. The <laughs> Did you reveal too much information, Gobs? Did you have to go back and amend that? <laughs> I mean, why would I know? I'm sure you could probably ask the guy who did the uh, 3D model in the. Adventure. Oh yeah, totally. I've always How thought about it? that. How big yeah. is it? It's just like in the Lord of the Rings, you know, the guys who had to do the 3D models of, like, the orcs and uh, the yeah. trolls and stuff. They had to draw the little winky dinks, but they were so tiny. <laughs> Jesus. This is I, turning I out watched... to be the best podcast in history. <laughs> That's what happens when you go off the rails. Uh, Azil, I had asked, is the Hulk's penis giant and green as well? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, the, que- the time for that question is, is, is over. Yeah. That's, uh, you know. <laughs> so, Azil, in case you didn't catch on yet, we are not doing our Volume 17 reread. I just don't have enough time. With the, oh, you know, that's time. really too bad because I had prepared so much for it. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, up all night. I, I had my volume right next to me, as usual, mm-hmm. and I'm really disappointed. Uh, but, you know, I guess I'll forgive you. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm that kind of guy, you know, magnanimous. I really appreciate it. I got, being I got so one gracious. more for you guys. Okay. Oh damn it! That sucked. I was that wow. Like a, that sounded like a soda can being opened. Yeah, I was trying to do one more loud, obnoxious belch, but it just—I'm sorry. You're a, you never fail to disappoint, Gobs, even when it comes to burping. That's really—I guess—that's a story of your life. <laughs> even, even in that regard. Don't, don't ever give up. You'll always be a failure. <laughs> that's a that's a nice note to end on. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining me for this very impromptu podcast. Uh, we will be back uh, probably in two weeks' time to discuss episode 338 as soon as it is out. Uh, that's presuming we have seen the episode by uh, two Fridays from now. Uh, we'll see how that rolls out. Sometimes we don't get it you know, early. Sometimes we get it super early. So we don't know yet. This is going to be a new episode review slash volume 17. No, 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 no. I would not do that to... In this episode, Walter is going to collapse from exhaustion. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's going to... I mean, the reread is going to be on hold for a bit, I guess. I mean, uh, I'm not going to... I'm not saying indefinitely. It's just a matter of, like, I'm not going to schedule a month out. That's just too ridiculous, so... Yeah. Next time there's a a break in publication, which hopefully never happens. Ten years from now, maybe. (laughs) I mean, ideally, if it goes really well, I'd like to do an episode review, a reread, an episode review, a reread, you know, and kind of alternate like that. But we'll see how that works out in real life the rest scheduling. of our lives. Yeah, until it's over. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining me, and especially thanks to Gobs and Grail, who joined me on absolutely no notice. So were they were supposed to work out. <laughs> yeah. This is a workout. Happen. Workout of sorts. Yeah. And we got to go to a buffet. Yep. Thank you there for having us. It was a lot Thank of fun. Thank you very much. That was of super course. fun.